you are listening to the Cigar Noise Boys. In my thoughts, I have seen rings of smoke through the trees and the voices of those who stand looking. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah, we're listed as explicit. No idea, bro. Oh, makes me wonder. Oh, really makes me wonder. Wonder. Oh, crap. Oh, wait, time out. Wait, stairways to heaven. Stairways thank to heaven. you, thank you, yes. What's up, everybody? Cigar Nose Boys I here. That really well, because I made out with a girl all the whole song. That's commitment. Someone... Stop. First kiss. That's impressive. My first kiss was uh, by a garbage can on New Year's Eve, like 10 minutes before New Year's. We went to throw out the garbage together and we just kissed by the trash. <laughs> there you go. That happens. That was, uh, that was in 2020. Shut up. What's up, everybody? Cigar Nose Boys here. Uh, Dom and Tyler joined this week by Nick of Foundation Cigars. Nick. And uh, R. Nick. Do I have to? Nick R. Agua. Yes. And you guys Nick are. Nick. Yes. Yes. I got it, Tyler. Uh, you guys are both working off of the same. This is the first time Correct. we've had. We've had like a live podcast kind of thing. En vivo y directamente a tu corazones y tu cabezas de Esteli, Nicaragua, Tyler y Nicaragua. Tyler, Tyler. I feel like Tyler. Here we are in Esteli. And you're over there in, uh, you're over in lockdown over there. <laughs> no toilet paper. Bay Area. Yeah. Ty- Area. With that, Nick, with that uh, intro, I feel like you need to make a uh, luchador mask for Tyler. That would be amazing. I would be totally behind that. I would support that. What are you smoking, Tom? Um, I so I smoked my last foundation cigar that I had when I thought we were gonna do the podcast last week. So I'm smoking right now a um a black. It's not a black honey. It's um I don't know. It's not warped. It's uh, Ezra Zion. Their new whatever came out Maduro thing. I don't know. Where'd you get it from? Ezra Zion. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, consumer. I'm smoking something Nick gave me. That's all I can say about it. Oh, yeah. Tell me more about that, because you seem like you uh, want to brag a bit. Um, Nick said I can't. I can't this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> it's nice. It's the it. first these cigars gotten from me the whole trip. I've gotten three total. <laughs> Well, good. You but can't just one- travel down there yeah. and expect everyone to hand you cigars. It's not big smoke, man. I bought a bunch of stuff from uh, Romocraft, and then um, Gustavo has a bunch of cigars at the house, but I feel bad smoking them all. But when I'm at Skip's house, man, he's like fair games. I was, he saw it all smoking on Instagram, all this limited shit. Nick, you want to tell uh, Dom what uh, Skip said about our podcast? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, you can tell him that. I, I forgot is it, the details. Is it about the title again? No. Yeah. He says, <laughs> we love to get into how we got into it, but 
he just said, um, we're talking about cigar reviews and that dog, we gotta shut that dog. That's a nice dog, by the way. Um, and he said, look, Tyler's got a podcast and it sucks, but I like Tyler, so I listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, uh, they don't, they they only, they don't really talk about cigars or something like that. It was pretty funny. Yeah, not too much. I feel like at least half, it's always based around cigars. Well, and that's what, um, the only, what the fuck, JP Finger, J, uh, the yeah, one and only rebar. I'm sorry, I gotta pause this for a second. So shit just is going down right now. Oh my god, what's yeah. going down? It, um, I don't know. I'm trying, I gotta see this because they're they're just addressing here. I think they're gonna start like locking down. They already announced that. Uh, they're cutting flights from. No, no, no. no. The, the Ortega's wife is speaking right now. Oh shit! Oh wow. Tyler, yeah. Tyler, you're gonna be in Nicaragua for another three months. Hope you packed enough underwear and socks. So should we go out without them, or what should we do? Um, we can talk a bit, sure. Should I talk about what I've been doing then? Sure, yeah. yeah. Tyler, you've been in Nicaragua for a week and a half. Uh, sixteen days. Dang, uh, I've weeks. been here. Yeah, March second. Uh, I leave March twentieth. Uh, so um. Um, you're uh, <laughs> you plan on leaving March twentieth? <laughs> Plan on leaving Friday, yeah. But I guess something's going down and Nick had to leave. So something's going um, something's oh my goodness. You're out of touch. Go ahead. Tell me uh tell me about your stay. What did yeah. you do? So I went to um a bunch of different things. I spent like three days learning about um fermentation process. Uh I documented a lot of that on um Instagram just about how the the different, um, one second, let me get my notebook out real quick, sorry. About the different primings and different tobacco and um, different ways to ferment tobacco. And uh, um, it's actually kind of interesting. And I actually spent a lot of time doing that. So, like, I'll give you a, a quick rundown. Is, uh, like... So the, the, what you want to know is with, with the fermentation process is you want to know what priming is it? Is it, you know, like one through 10? Um, is it uh Velado, Seiko, Bissell? Is it Lajero? Okay. Pause, um, pause. Yeah. I know, I know the three levels. Four levels. Okay. I know Viso, Seiko and uh, Lajero. Seiko, Viso, Lajero. The three levels, yes. But what do you mean one through ten? It's the priming. So, but there's also another one called Velado, which people don't use in cigars. It's touching um, dirt? Yeah. It's a small... Um, so, primings, or the, the numbers are... All right, Skip explained this to me quite a bit. And then, so if you look at... You look at the tobacco leaf, right? It's got 16 leaves. So, like, the bottom four leaves, Seiko, the, the, the middle eight leaves, Viso, the top four leaves, Lajero. And then you have primings, which are, then you have the, the numbers one through ten. So sometimes, like, if you're blending a cigar, let's say you use, because all tobacco is, um, you know, it's all natural. So it could be, some could be smaller, some could be bigger. So just because technically it's Lajero, 
or this, technically it's Viso, it could be considered Lajero. You know, if you're trying to get the most of that type of tobacco, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, Is it based on the size of the leaf? Yeah. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they'll sort it and they'll try to get, because you can sell, you get more money for Lajero, so it's kind of hard to explain. I'll have to, I'll show a picture on Instagram about it, but basically, like, if you're, okay, so, like Skip was saying, in one blend, he uses, um, let's say, Esteli Lajero. So it would be like 8, 9, 10s Lajero, and Viso is 6, 7, 4 through 7. But sometimes Viso at number 7 could be, it's, it's the same as Lajero at uh, priming number 8. So it's kind of interchangeable. Like, they, you can get close. So sometimes it's Lajero 8, sometimes it could be a Viso 7. So it's you like... Know, they're pretty- the position on the plant itself, and I mean, it depends plant to plant because you can have a high yes. viso that smokes like a lajero. Yeah, thank you, Dom. You, yeah, thank you. Sorry, right. we it, can't it's, can't it's, all be teachers. Yeah, exactly. I'm not a good teacher. Um, so I learned a lot about that. I learned, you know, then you learn about how many times has it been conditioned. Conditioned is um, adding water to the pallone. So, and then you want to know how long has this been in the pallone for the que- tobacco. Question. Adding yeah. water to the pallone to condition it, does that uh, increase fermentation or does it uh, calm down fermentation? It will. It increases the um, the moisture in the leaf, so it raises the temperature. So you'll okay. have the, you have the weight of, you have the, the temperature and then you have the humidity, so it raises the humidity raises the temperature in the um, tobacco. So, um, like Lajero will take Esteli Lajero will take um, about a year to ferment, and then um, you will you wait three months to uh, condition it, and then um, so you wait three months to add because when the leaves go into the pallone, there's already moisture in them, so. Right. Lajero, it will stay in it longer, so you wait three months to condition Lajero, uh, which pretty much is the, if it's um, filler, they will, they use a big rod, I did a video of it, and then they spray it, if it's the wrapper binder, they'll, um, it's um, put in the pillow differently, so they they wet it differently, and then, um, um, they check the temperature every single day. Um, and then they usually, they'll, um, they'll, uh, rotate it is when they, what's going on? All right, we're good. All right, good. So, uh, I'm just talking about what I've been doing. Yeah. So we are talking about, uh, um, fermentation. And then, nice. yeah, so I was talking about, um, rotating it. How often do they rotate it for long? It depends on the temperature. Yeah. Um, depends on where it's at in the process. Um. Can you explain how they rotate it, though? Yeah, um, let's get right into it. So at the beginning of the process, I mean, you know, a lot of times, depending on the tobacco, the um, tobacco's coming off the field, it's already at um, a really high percentage of moisture content. Um, What we're trying to do in the barns is get the central vein down to about 18% moisture content. So when it's coming off of the 
the farms, you know, a lot of time you go into sorting and selecting, of course. And then sometimes you won't even go into sorting or selecting. Um, you'll put it in like basic pylones just to start to work some of that moisture that's already coming off of the fields. Um, and then other times, you know, you go into um, then sorting and selecting. You put it in for a good three, four months and get it to work to about, you know, 80, 80 88, 85. And then you begin your first ohalo. So you start wetting the tobacco depending on, you know, where it's at. And then, you know, you're going to restack the pylones at that point. And then you're going to start getting temperatures that go up to about, you know, 104. It depends, right? This is where it gets into the details of fermentation. A lot of people have different styles. Um, but for me, you know, and the tobaccos that you're using, this is the difference for me, in my opinion, among certain tobaccos is how fast you take that, right? Because you can take that much faster and you can get it cured much quicker, but it does in many ways compromise, again, for me in certain things, flavor, right? And I always say it's like my grandmother's pasta sauce. It is the difference between, you know, popping open a can, putting it on the top of the stove and, of course, working with fresh ingredients and then using low heat over a long period of time, slow simmer with the pasta sauce. Because what happens when you start turning up those heats, you start turning up the heat and you start losing things, you know, when you're cooking pasta to evaporation, eventually that heat would eventually evaporate everything, you know, in that pan and down to the pan. Um, the same thing with tobacco for me. So, you know, you can get into styles where a lot of guys say, oh, it's too young or it's too this or it's a lot of times for me, it's over fermented sometimes or it's too fermented. Um, and you start losing a lot of the, the essential flavors of the leaf. There's a lot of times where I'm going through, you know, certain fermentations or have and would love to actually release the cigar where it is, but it's not acceptable to the marketplace where it's combusting. You know, for me, I don't, I'm not that picky to pick up a lighter and hit the cigar for me. If the fucking taste is on point, you know, but that's a, most of the market wouldn't say they would be, oh, it doesn't burn right. It's not, you know, it's not fermented all the way. And uh, yeah, but it depends. It's all relative. So um, question, how do you tell under fermented from over fermented? I know under fermented probably tastes fresh, maybe green. Oh, hold on. There's a poor network connection. Yep. We're back on? As we're sitting here doing this podcast... Um, the first case of coronavirus is being hit Nicaragua. So I'm sure the internet right now is being overwhelmed by information being passed by a lot of Nicaraguenses. Yeah. Well, I saw, um, was it Honduras or some country yeah. saw today? Shut, was it Honduras that shut down the cigar factories? Yeah, Honduras shut down precaution for a week of bread. Uh, so yeah, see so, see how this goes. Um, we're we're gonna jump into that, but um, back to the question. I'm not sure if you heard it. Yeah, over fermented. Over versus what? under fermented. What's the difference between those two? So I mean, there's there's different ish uh, factors you'd be looking at. When I say over fermented, a lot of time is is you know could be flavor wise. 
um, that there's just kind of nothing left to the leaf. Because basically what happens is over fermentation, if you keep going, you basically just work down all of the cellular walls of the leaf to a point where if, especially if you're working with heavier, thicker tobaccos like broadleaf, eventually over fermentation, it will disintegrate on the production floor. But you will open that leaf and try to spread it out and literally it will, it will literally start disintegrating. Whereas the proper leaf, you know, should have good elasticity. It should have that oil. Um, and then under fermenting, you're going to get combustion problems. Okay. You're going to get, but it's also with flavor. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a flavor. So you can have combustion problems um, and you're going to have flavor problems in that it's going to literally start, you know, tasting green or it's going to taste, you know, harsh or sometimes maybe too bitter. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. And uh, the, the pilones, are they kind of like a, uh, a spiral, like a, a cylindrical thing and stacked is how they're done? Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's some that use the circle pilone method. Um, you know, there's certain people down here that have gotten creative. Um, you know, Oliva Tampa, the tobacco family, not the cigar family. I think Tyler has seen that process where they've developed a whole technique where they're not actually then bunching um, gavias, which we call them, which is like hands of how many leaves per hand, do you know? Uh, Depends on where you're at. Depends on where you're at. Yeah. 25, 20. Some people get bigger gavias. Um, Let's say 18. 18. Good, good guess, Tyler. Um, yeah, so um, it depends, but you'll do circle pilones. But, it, you know, you really need 7,000 pounds to really get that heat up if you're going for some of the heavier tobaccos. Um, you know, sometimes it's it, it's a little bit longer process when you're dealing with smaller smaller pilones because it's tougher to get that heat really up in the pilone. And then the, uh, when you switch it up, you mix it up, you put the outside or the topmost layer in the center, the, the lower floor. So it kind of evens out. Uh, yeah, usually they'll, so what they do is they'll like when they're turning it, they'll set up another pallet and then they take the top and then they put it down. Yeah. But they like what the ones he's talking about where it's like, the edge of the leaves are sewn together and they do that little shake thing and then they, they flip them. Yeah. 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 Shake it out. Shake, shake it, it out. Yeah. Shake it. Now shake someone it. was saying like I was at a different factory and yeah. Oliva's they use that for the, the wrapper because they say it doesn't damage it. Other place says it damages it when you shake it. And I'm like, I was talking to one of the guys there. He's like, it doesn't damage, you know, you're going to damage some, but yeah, it all depends on who's handling the leaf and yeah. how much care you're, you're handling the leaf. But you know, with with that saying, they're they're moistening the tobacco to get it, um, you know, pliable to work in the pilones or to pack in boxes. So it depends on what they're using it for. Oh, yeah. But some people feel if you're wetting it down, you know, with directly with water, that sometimes you can get stains in the wrapper, mm -hmm. or you can get you know less yield because at the end of the day, it becomes about yield, and especially you know wrapper. Um, it becomes how many, you know, how many cigars you can make out of a pound of tobacco, uh, five pounds of tobacco, you know, 10 pounds. 
tobacco, 20 pounds of tobacco. So every factory has its own method. Um, can we talk about the different growing regions? Like, so, I mean, the main three are Esteli, Condega, and Jalapa. Yeah. Yeah. So Esteli, that's usually the, like, the strongest, um, um, or you can say it, and then uh, Condega is close to Esteli, so kind of the same similarities with strength, and the leaf isn't as thick, and then Jalapa, the thinner leaf, you get a little more sweetness, right? You get a little bit more sweetness because that's the valley of the the, the Jalapa Valley. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Oh, and it's got like a uh, uh, red um, sand like soil. Yeah, and then it's a uh, softer leaf. It, yeah, sometimes it's a little bit softer. Yeah, Esteli is definitely the most, um, I would say, you know, stronger. But again, you know, it depends on what farm you're at, what seed varieties you're at. You know, I was at a farm. You know, this week they were going uh, broadleaf there. You know, the farm was maybe, you know, a five-minute walk from one farm section to the other, which was up on a hill, up on the side of, of a hill compared to more down in, in the valley. You had completely different results. You know, in, in the one part you had more clay. In one part you had more of, of you know, sand, Um I'm by no means, you know, uh, have a PhD in the scientific part of it, um, but you know, it, it definitely you can tell by the tobacco in, in the region that is completely different at different farms. But in general, Esteli is, you know, a lot more potent. In general, Nicaragua is more potent. Um, I think that's what makes it Nicaragua so interesting and why it's become, you know, in the marketplace is become such a force uh, is because compared to other countries, not saying other countries are bad or worse or whatever, you know, to me, what makes tobacco bad or worse is depending on your quality control, your sorting and selecting, how you're fermenting. But in general, Nicaragua, from the Seco, the lower primings, to Viso, to the Ligeros, there's such a diversity of flavor and strength from the bottom to the top primings. Um, that I just, you know, haven't really seen in other countries, especially for filler tobaccos. And that, that's all three of the growing regions. But then when you, you do get into the specific growing regions, generally Esteli is on the stronger side. Condega is more in the medium. And then Jalapa, you know, I don't think it's, it's much lighter. But to me, it's still more in that medium. Yeah. But you definitely have, you know, a little bit more sweetness in the tobacco. Okay. And then you got Omotepe. Omotepe, yeah. Uh, what's the one that's on the Honduran um, border? Hamastron crosses over into the Honduran side. Then you have Pueblo Nuevo. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, Pueblo Nuevo, which, to be perfectly honest, I hadn't uh, worked with a whole lot of Pueblo Nuevo. My experience has definitely more been with um, Esteli, Jalapa, and Ometepe, but predominantly Esteli and Jalapa. The uh, High Clear Castle is Ometepe, right? Yeah, has some Ometepe, yeah. Nice. Which is, uh, you know, pretty amazing because it's, you know, smaller farms, crop farmers. Um, it's on a volcano in Lake Nicaragua. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing place because you just have these two emerging volcanoes shooting out of a gigantic lake. And it's just like a paradise over there. How far away is that? Why haven't we gone there? It's, uh, it's about four hour drive from That's here. That's fine. Three hour. Yeah. Is one of those... Yeah. 
Volcanoes Mombacho? No, Mombacho is on the um, is on the Granada Lake. Okay, so, so uh, there are a bunch of uh, volcanoes then around there. Nicaragua has the most active volcanoes in Central America. Okay, so if you follow, if you actually see on a map the two the two lakes, Lake Managua, Lake Nicaragua, which is the larger one, Ometepe is on the larger, and you'll see the two volcanoes. And then you just sort of follow those north and you'll see this ring, you know, it's part of the ring of fire. So this ring that extends across the west coast of Nicaragua up into a place, Chinondega, and then into, I think, El Salvador, Honduras. Cool. Uh, Have you been to Casa Vavili? I haven't been in a long time, no. I, I think it was there um, when he was first starting, but not in that, that new that new building, which is gorgeous. Yeah, because I heard he's got to do something different down there because the humidity. Like he's got to keep them in, in a, the factory. Yeah, in the factory, he's got to keep the cigars in. in a, yeah, I'm sure the humidity during rainy season. I mean, I don't. It, you're in lower, you know, whereas here we're at be a little bit drier, cooler. Yeah, but still during the rainy season. I mean, there was so many times in the past. You know, you literally have to stop it up because you can't start working the production floor if the filler tobaccos are at a moisture content that is like above, you know, eight to ten percent, um, and you're going to have some some real issues with bunching. Because if you notice on the production floor, the filler tobaccos are at a, a drier moisture content. Yeah, I don't know if you notice that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, when you're working with the wrappers, again, it depends on who you're working. With especially Maduro wrappers, they're really wet, you know. So, like when this cigar is made, this, yes, especially this ring gauge, you know, you're looking at 58, 56. I'm sorry, um, it's like a lot of tobacco that's dry, and <laughs> the wrapper absorbs, you know, it's so wet, the filler is just absorbing all of the moisture into the fillers. And that's, you know, that's what we're doing over time is then we're not, we're not humidifying like you guys are doing in the States and humidors. We're actually trying to naturally remove the moisture from the sticks during the aging process. Because otherwise you'd be getting wet, they smoke hot, then, you, you know, you start squeezing them and they'll, it's, it's a disaster. Um, the one thing like I've learned that is kind of nuts is when they uh yeah and then they do the break they break it they break it they end, and then they have to re-disperse that tobacco within the cigar mm-hmm. first of all all those fucking tobaccos i mean i guess they all look the same pretty i mean that's a little darker but it's like how do you get the blend fucking perfect and how do you when you break it every time to make a consistent blend and how you're re-dispersing the fuck i mean i obviously that you know they do it a million times a day and over years, but it just seems like I would never get that shit right. Yeah. So again, like that, that starts, you know, getting into depending on what you want in the blend and how the cigar to go. That is definitely a crucial part um, because when you're looking at the leaf, you know, it's just like the leaf is connected to the stalk, right? So as you get kind of down to that, the part of the leaf that's connected to the stalk you know, in many's opinion, in mine, that starts getting bitter. Whereas towards the tips, 
you're going to get a lot more of the strength. You're going to get a lot more. Um, so you can get cigars sometimes where you get like the first third and you're like, oh, snap, this is really strong. And then you get through that first third and it sort of mellows out. They put the tip in the front because they it's put all, the Lajero yes. Or you can redistribute it through the blend. Yeah. Um, uh, Tyler, or, take, taking notes. Got to put the tip in the front. People, you know, might use the part closest to the stock and they put it in the foot and then you'll get the opposite. You'll get a cigar that start, starts off really bitter or, you know, you know, sour or something. And then it sort of opens up after the first third. So why not make a cigar where you don't put any of that bitter tobacco on it? Yeah. All tips. Hey, man. I'm not going to say anymore. I mean, my cigar. Can't give away all this. My cigar is called Just the Tips. Oh, man. Hey, uh, real quick, before we get to the end, because we usually only do it at the end, uh, shout out to our sponsor, Cigar Noise. Uh, if you want to post pictures of cigars, Instagram's fine, but if you want to place only four cigars, check out Cigar Noise. Uh, we have links to reviewers. Uh, there's a website as well. Go ahead and check that out. And Dave, Dave West, our fearless leader, just yeah. got back into the States I believe a day before uh, the lockdown happened and he was unable to fly back. So he made it just in time. So there's nobody that can come back into the States right now. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm telling Tyler. He's going to be there for another three months. I'm not sure how it is that's flying hard. in from everywhere, but <laughs> you got to buy some more underwear, man. Some Yo, big up, big up to Dave West. Love Dave. Cigar noise. Got to check it out. Big fan. Cigar Even Boys those- Noise. <laughs> oh, shit. Shout out to Skip. Shout it out. Bruh, bruh. Hey, well, um, so are you going to... Di- I don't think you want to spend all day with me. You'll have to drop me off there. No, I can't spend all day with you. I told you I'm, I'm picking you up at, not, uh, at 9, no, 8. Was it 8? You're picking, We're going for breakfast at 8. Yeah. And then we're yeah. going to the factory at you 9. You got me from 9 to about 12, son. That's fine. You drop me off at Nico Sueño. And then we're going to meet it for dinner. <laughs> Are you telling him to do this? <laughs> yeah. My well, it's goodness. nice. Like, <laughs> dinner. That was pretty it's nice. my treat. Hey, Tyler, real quick. Your Instagram live video, you walked to a pizza hut and then there was just a horse walking down the road. So do I people just eat at pizza hut? Or what's uh, what's the deal, man? Um. I feel like I'm an inconvenience to a lot of people, so I don't want to ask Skip for a ride. So I started walking. So he called me. So I called <laughs> what Nick. What are you talking about? I oh, walked for about 15 minutes, and I'm like, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm heading over to Gus's house at 6.30. I'm like, oh, you should pick me up. I'm by a pizza hut. But I wanted to do a video, like, but I don't like recording people without asking. I wanted to record, hey, can you give me a ride? And then it would be Nick. And be I told him to meet me at the pizza hut because there's not many uh, places you could, you know, describe where to meet somebody. You have to use landmarks. There's no mm-hmm. there's no addresses here. You can't just ping locations like uh, Call of Duty. Yeah, ping location works. Yeah, like the first time um, I asked Skip if I could come over, Skip's like, he sent a picture of the outside of his balcony. I'm like, okay, can I get an address? <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm by. Uh, you know, Los Arcos or wherever, or around that area. So I don't know. Um, 
you have questions or you I or how do you want to do this? Do you have comments, questions, or concerns? I mean, what do you have questions? You guys are already into it here. Jesus. Yeah, oh, we got yeah. Um, so we had a question last week when I posted it. I forget who asked it. I think it was V Cut Everything, Richie. You said um, one of your V Cut Everything. Either he or Moo Cowridge. But uh, the question was. Oh, man, V Cut Everything. Yeah, the question was Nick, I know you, uh, the Grasshopper is based off of uh, some information you found in an old cigar book. Where do you find your old books on cigars? Man, dude, you know, you guys are going to start giving me up all my secrets. I, you know, it depends. Rare book collectors. Um, you can definitely find some stuff on eBay. It's amazing what you can find on eBay. Um, but I have some uh, rare book collectors that I sort of search down. So I'll, I'll usually be reading like that book. I was reading like, I think I was reading old crop reports about like broadleaf. I think I was reading a book about um, broadleaf and Connecticut tobacco. Nerd. And it referenced um, a textbook on tobacco. And then, um, yeah, I managed to find that book. I forgot what site it was, to be honest with you. Um, but it was like a rare book site. Like I have a few that I, I try to find or, or just search, man, you know, just searched it down. And then usually you can find, you know, find a, a book collector that might have it. And, uh, yeah, and I never read that before, man. I never heard that after having smoked cigars for, you know, 20 plus years and being in the industry for so long, I I've always heard the explanation of Cigar, like, you know, the Taino, uh, potential of, the etymology of the word and a couple other explanations, but that just made a lot of sense. Um, and I ended up finding in a couple of articles and like newspapers too the same explanation, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah, it was, um, kind of shocking to me that I'd never had heard it up to that point. Cool. Down teacher, English teacher, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so everybody knows we're talking about grasshoppers. So in the book, it talks about, you know, the Spanish at the time when tobacco was being discovered, a lot of the, the Spanish, um, what do they call them, like nobles had gardens, which they called cigarels, which is C-I-G-A-R-R-E-L, which were, yeah, little gardens, which they would have exotic plants in and you know, these aristocrats had money, so it was sort of their pride thing. There was no TVs back then or uh, internet, so it was like, come check out my exotic plants from, like, Fiji and uh, God only knows where. And um, those gardens, the root of that word means the place where the grasshoppers are thickest. So the theory was eventually that that word turned into five visitors, tobacco, cig cigar, you know, eventually, which tobacco, you know, at that time eventually became one of the largest cash crops in the world. So, um, nice. Yeah. Hence my new event only pack. I gotta have something special for the, you know, the guys that come for the events and, and buy boxes instead of, you know, a lot of people do, you know, buy a box, you get some kicks, some sticks or something like that. So it is always cool to get 
um, you know, something special, something rare that's just for those events. And that's kind of how I started Metalik. It was, you know, I wanted to have something special when I when I did events. And uh, I, I still have one left over from you when you did that event at Lake Country, the right. little smoke. I got one left. I get one to Todd. Oh, nice. I forgot I had them here. Yeah. Um, is that – are those buns exactly the same? Yes. Yeah, so the, the ones in the pack, a lot of them had a year age on okay, them. Okay. That's so a lot of them – because at one point I had made a bunch and then I wasn't on the road. And that was at the end of the year, right, June? Mm-hmm. So they had been, I think, aging for almost oh, 10 months plus. So, yeah, there was some talk that they were different or the wrapper was different. Um, no, that wasn't that wasn't the case. They were just, you know, with time, you know, those, ren- those blends really kind of round out. Um, I think, I, too, when there's no cello on them and they're just in there together like that, they had no cello, right? And then they're, they're touching each other. I think that, like, I, I kind of like what, what Tatuahi does with some of the, I mean, a lot of stuff now comes cello, but they'll put it in that... Um, that uh, wax paper or the, and then like a big bundle and then you just keep them in there and all the oils are, dude, I'm all about that. Yeah. If I was not totally influenced by some of my counterparts, all of my sticks would be no cell in the box, but. Oh, well, the tabernacles. Yeah, those are I wouldn't bad. let anybody do it with the town. Not, no, I would never do it unless I'm forced to by like the government or something like that. Um, because for me, that's a ceremonial experience, opening up a box of tabernacles, oh, yeah. pulling them open. And now we have this, you know, white protective paper because some of the we were finding some of like the double Coronas. This was like a couple of year and a half ago, you know, shipping from East Coast to California, long transit. If there was a little bit of wiggle room in the box then you'd have problems with the foot. So now they have this beautiful kind of onion paper inside to protect it, but they stay nice and Nice and nestled in that. Nice and tight. Yeah, yeah I love nice that um, the video you did, the seed to ash, and then they show them packing the tabernacle. Seed to cigar, yeah. Seed to cigar. Yeah, I like that, seed to ash. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was as a cigar smoker would be cool because I never really saw somebody do a time lapse of the process, and so many people ask about the process. So to be able to – we worked on that with my man – Kenneth uh, Espinosa down here in Esteli, he also did uh, that uh, fun music video we did oh, with nice. the reminders. But um, yeah, we were actually really working on that seed to cigar video all year. And that's eventually how the music video came to be is we already had all this video content we were working on for the show that year. And then, uh, yeah, then friends of mine sent me sent me some audio audio tracks at the end of May and I was like we gotta we gotta get you down here and shoot a visual for this. You wanna tell them about how that or about how quick it came together before the Yeah, the music video was just um, you know, it was just some fun that uh, you know, I listen to a lot of hip hop from time to time. And, you know, a lot of the hip hop community, especially now a lot of, you know, the hip hop community I grew up with Back in the 90s, a lot of them have become serious cigar smokers. A friend of mine, uh, Derek Jones, D-Nice, he used to be with Boogie Down Productions back in. You know, serious cigar smoker. Um, 
you know, I know Jay-Z's a big, big cigar smoker, a lot of those guys over at Rock Nation. So I was like, man, you know, I've never seen a hip hop video and a cigar, you know, in a cigar factory or, you know, in the tobacco fields, in the barn. So we tried to, you know, connect the process into some really amazing music. So they sent me that track in May. I was prepping for the show. You know, it was it was kind of crazy. Um, and then I, I listened to the track and I was just so inspired. You know, my friends, the reminders. There, there are a couple that just kind of keep me going because they're so they're just awesome people. Um, and they've had a hip hop career for for some time. I actually met them five years ago, opening up for Nas. And uh, anyway, they sent me the track in May and I heard it and I was like, we got to, we always talked about a trip to Nicaragua and, you know, I listened to it and I said, I could see this. And then, you know, I've been working with Kenneth on those videos for some time. He had worked on a lot of uh, reggaeton videos back in the day. So he had some experience shooting music videos. So, um, man, between, you know, May, they flew down June, maybe 15th, you know, 16th. It was a week before the trade show. And they flew down on a Monday. We shot Tuesday, Wednesday, and it flew out Thursday. And then we were in Vegas the next week for the show. Kenneth edited it. And, you know, everybody was so excited and just riding this wave of creativity. And, you know, when that happens, it was a lot of fucking work. Don't get me wrong. And it was you know, a hustle. Um, but we were just all so excited about it and believed in it and, you know, really wanted to show Esteli. A lot of it was shot in murals, you know, a foundation art director is from Esteli, Steve Operanda. Um, so a lot of murals around town he did. I met him at lunch, right? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even know that was Steve. I didn't know until you said he was your art guy. I'm like, is that Steve? Yeah. You know, and then, because he's like, oh, this is my friend Alex, you know. Yeah, Alex is his name. Thief Operandi is his game. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Thief's been doing graffiti here in Managua and Esteli since, like, 95, I think. Um, so we have a lot of similar interests, and that's why it sort of just works well. You know, we, we, uh, we just try to get inspired by each other, and I think it sort of elevates the, the work. So uh, the reminders just totally crushed it. And I played my best Puff Daddy. Yeah. You know? Um, that song yeah. is catchy, though. Yeah. Oh. All right, we're back. Yep. Yeah, you there? Okay, yeah. Um, Tyler, can you say Menelik five times real fast? That's pretty good. Perfect. And I'm going to edit out the first mena, and then it'll just be like lick men, lick men, lick men. You know, I knew when that was coming out, (laughs) but would actually go that route. I just never knew who. And now I know. Now I know. Now I know. And no Um, one's half the bat. So, uh, Quick shout out before we, because uh, I want to t- touch on uh, the coronavirus, COVID, what what's going on with you guys, how it's affecting tobacco. We have to. We don't have to, but um, no, a ray of sunshine before we touch on that, if we do, 
Uh, Instagram deep dive. If you have Instagram open, pull up the account Joshua Coburn. Great. Who is this? We're about to find out. Joshua. How do you spell his last name? Coburn is C-O-B-U-R-N. This guy looks hardcore, smokes a lot of cigars, but he always has like a positivity thing he does in the morning. Uh, usually the morning. Um, oh, with he like does. Screamo Rock or something. He was in Nicaragua, I think, when you were there like a week ago or something. But uh, some positivity to lighten up the mood. Check his account out. Joshua Coburn. Joshua Coburn. There he is. Yeah, he looks like a, have a totally wonderful day. Yeah, dude. This guy's awesome. Oh, there's Matt Booth. That's what I heard. I heard he was friends with Matt Booth. There's a picture of him and Booth. Or Matt working in the lab. There he is. Matt. Matt's a great dude. We gotta get him on this the guy's, This guy's awesome. Yep. Uh, there a picture? Big up to Joshua. What up? Killing it. So, Tyler, you told me to find five cigars uh, to buy or to have for the quarantine. I only have three yeah. because these are three that I actually bought for the purpose. But do you, did you come up with five? Yeah, let's hear your three first, man. All right, so I picked up uh, Bits of Havana by Warped uh, just because they did the whole thing today. They posted no shipping fee, so that was real nice. I think, is that out of uh, Topsa or I'll tighten the bronze, you know? I think Topsa, right? It's Aganorsa Tobacco. I'm not not sure where it's out of. Okay. Yeah, Topsa. Um, the next, the Juarez Shots by Crown Heads. So both of those cigars I like because they're smaller ring gauges and uh, shorter. So I'm figuring if things get bad, I need some, some bartering equipment. I don't want to carry huge cigars around. Here's a nice good cigar. Give me some beans for that. Thank you very much. Give me a potato. All right. Awesome. Um, and my third was the Wayfarer CG Corona Gorda by Sereno. Okay. I want a different. Yeah. No, no foundation. Don't try to I, Oaks in there. <laughs> I, 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 I almost, I almost bought a Charter Oak. He's, he's in California. So the taxes are, um, yeah, I, I had the Charter Oak and I, I had the Menelik. Um, I'm going to check my shop because West Coast Cigars, they have uh, during the quarantine like roadside pickups. So I, I want to continue to support them. I might hit them up for uh, some foundation or some Romacraft because they have both of those. Okay. So I kind of went with just what my top five cigars I smoke a ton of. So number one, uh, Roma Craft Neanderthal HN. Number two, Padron 80 Year Maduro. You gotta have those, you know. Number three, Patina Churchill, Connecticut. Number four, Surrogates Skullbreaker. That's a uh, like eight eight fifty for a little torpedo broadleaf. And then number five and eight. I'm not just saying anything. Next year, I smoke a ton of them. The uh, way one say robusto. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I I feel bad because I only had three and no foundation. I'm freaking glad you threw that in. Well, oh. I didn't throw a ton of those. 
We do. Uh, we sell a lot of foundation. But, in, but if you're thinking about like, yeah, man, he's not throwing it in. Yeah, don't. Come on, Dom. There's a dog. Where is he at? He really wants to hang out with us. I keep telling you it's a, it's a and you keep calling him a he. Oh, is it? Keep calling her a he. Wow. Anyways, um, but if we're going like cheaper routes, I definitely say Juarez, Shots, uh, Illusion, Rothschild, Madero, um, Patina, Precipitation. That's a good size. Habano, Connecticut. And then the uh, Rothschild that Nick makes, um, the Broadleaf or the is that Connecticut or Ecuadorian Connecticut? Which I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, Charter Oak, Charter Oak, Ecuadorian Connecticut. Nice. And real quick, uh, apologies to the listeners. I'm I'm outside. I didn't think there'd be much traffic <laughs> during the quarantine, but there are a lot of people driving to McDonald's or something. Whenever my, my mic picks something up, you guys, this is cut off, but all's good. Yeah. Everything's fine. We're good. There's a little life. Good. Um, Rudy, Rudy808 uh, from Nice uh, Fine Ash, sorry. I just met those people. Uh, oh, I met them at TPE, but they forgot. Um, Sam and Rosie, great, great people. I got to hang out with them. Uh, Rudy asks, wants to know, Nick, what's Nick's favorite reggae album of all time? Woo! Appropriate for this time, Bob Marley's Survival. There you go. There you go, Rudy. Shout nice. out to Rudy. Survival 1979, I think that album came out. Yeah, definitely. If I had to choose, I'd probably choose that album. Um, speaking of Fine Ash, Nick will be there in, uh, hopefully, in April for their nine-year anniversary, can you? I think it's nine, yeah. Nine years, yeah. Nine, yeah. Hopefully... If, uh, We'll get there over on, I believe it's the mid-April. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll be at my shop, Lake Country, or the shop I work at, Lake Country Cigars in Delfield, uh, May 14th, May 17th, something like that. Giddy up. The Thursday, hopefully this corona shit's behind us. As long as you can fly out before then, yeah. <laughs> well, he can drive. I'll drive it up. Nice. That would probably that would- you're getting across the border, every single country's border in Central America, and flying. Um, that, I got a question for you, Nick. <clears throat> Ask me no questions, and I'll tell you no lies. Um, can you talk to us and the listeners about what makes the Connecticut River Valley so special? You know, the Connecticut River Valley... You know, uh, stop me if I've said this before, but <laughs> the Connecticut River Valley, for your listeners to know, Connecticut, we're talking about Connecticut being a Mohawk word, which means alongside the great tidal river. This is, this is Connecticut. 406 miles long is the Connecticut River. Starts pretty much in Canada, splits New Hampshire and Vermont cuts through Massachusetts, then eventually empties into the uh, Long Island Sound, right? Over by where our friend Nathan lives. Uh, That's over in Old Saybrook. That's towards Mystic. But anyways, when that river was a lake at the end of the last glacier period, um, it's called Lake Hitchcock. They were like gigantic finger lakes, but it it was one lake after that glacier melted. Eventually, that emptied down and became the river, right? 
So when all that sand bed from the lake emptied, it all filtered into 30,000 acres north of Hartford, Connecticut, which is known as the Connecticut River Valley. So all of that sand, what happened, it left these perfect locks and meadows for growing tobacco and, of course, other crops. But what happens with the sandy loom soil, um, you know, it's almost things, you know, when you see it, it's like you can't grow anything in it. Um, it's almost like at your, you're at the beach sometimes. But that sand helps filter water. Right. So the tobacco plant is trying to find the water. And because you have a little bit of clay down at the bottom, there's not much clay at the top. It, the water is able to filter deep down into the earth. So the tobacco plant broadleaf is finding really, you know, heavy root system, which makes for incredible tobacco. Um, whereas if you had all clay on the top and everything was settling to the top, the root system is going to go horizontally more you're not going to go deep um, which is going to make for thinner leaves there's going to be less oil on the leaves um, so that really helps contribute to uh, why connecticut is a great place for black tobacco so we say black tobaccos is cigar tobaccos uh, whereas you have blondes burleys um, these other strands virginia is yeah those are you know more different um you know well, not perique as much well for for the others are more for cigarettes oh, yeah. whereas you know Greek is more although they do make some cigarettes with uh, I think American Spirit does it's more that pipe tobacco style um, tobacco so you know the indigenous tribes have been growing tobacco there for you know we don't even know how long we don't even really understand even how long tobacco you know was being grown and used uh, um by a lot of the indigenous tribes, which, you know, it's, it's interesting because to, they date tobacco at 2.1 million years old. Um, uh, and what was it? Uh, he was the guy that discovered the saber toothed tiger. He's a Dutch, uh, I think not anthropologist, but, uh, is it anthropologist? Um, someone who studies like old bones and fossils. Meteorologist. Um, no, not a meteorologist. <laughs> But he discovered in Peru the first fossilized tobacco, which they date to archaeologists 2.1, yeah, here 2.1 million years ago. Which is interesting because if you go 2.1 million years ago, I think they call it the Pleistocene era. So from 2.1 million years to about 10,000 years BC was this period of glacier movements, of ebb and flows of glacier periods, and I think eventually, at you know, one point as people migrated um, and came to the Americas, it was then taken, you know, throughout the Americas. They they actually say they think it it went from Peru up north and then into Mexico, into the Americas, and then into the Caribbean. Um, so I think they actually date like the San Andreas Negro seed older than the Habanesis uh, Cuban seed. So eventually it went into the islands and uh, I'm sure if a Cuban, you know, heard that he would maybe challenge that information. That's a strong cigar. Man. Drink some soda. You need some sugar. This is seen as you car. No sugar or no, no calories, yeah. no sugar. You're not having the sweats or anything. Right? No, but the back of my throat. But I smoked a shitload of individual tobaccos today. So I'm... Oh, man. Tyler's a lightweight. All right. Uh, no. Word... Words of the week. 
Yeah, yeah, but I got another question for you, Paolo. Oh, um, sorry, man, Dom. Dom is getting cut off. This so, the Pennsylvania Broadleaf, yeah. it tastes completely different than Connecticut Broadleaf. Is that what you're saying? That's what you're telling me. And that's because of the River Valley, right? I, that would be, yeah, definitely. I mean, you can, you have a completely different um, structure of the soil. You don't have the River Valley. I mean, it's, again, the difference. That's what makes every tobacco different and unique. And again, I, I, I don't think it's something that's worse or better that becomes an opinion. Some different. people might like the Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf better. Some people might Connecticut. You know, that to me is all about more quality in the curing of the tobaccos, but every area has its own unique characteristic. And that's where things get more, you know, detailed as you get into it, because you can make it general, you know, like, uh, but when you really get into the different areas and farms and seed varieties, you know, that's how you get so many different kind of blends and whatnot. And then, so like when I was looking at these, uh, I Thanks, don't Tyler. Know. Thanks a lot. Go ahead. Like the fermentation bolts, the palones, and it has all this information on there, but it would just say like Esteli and then like priming six or seven. Mm-hmm. No, what I was what I wanted to see was what seed was it, but I guess you know is it, is it Corojo, is it Criollo, what you know? Yeah, I mean it depends um, on where you come from. What seed? I, I can tell you, you know, a lot of Criollo '98 is grown in, as filler to tobaccos because it's resistant to disease a lot of times. So a lot of times you will see Carrillo 98 grown. Um, But again, you know, some places don't want people to know exactly the seed varieties or they have hybridized seed varieties that, you know, doesn't produce uh, more seed. So they can have, um, that's, that's a lot of people's competitive advantages is having, you know, certain seed varieties. But it's like when you're like, you're smoking, so like, okay, you're blending a cigar, and then a lot of times, like, you know, I was working on a, a blend for your, our shop, and uh, they bring out the individual tobaccos, like, all right, this is Esteli Visos, Esteli Lajeros, Esteli um, Seiko, yeah. it, but it's like, you know, is this, is is this, you know, Corojo, is this Criollo, you know, and, it's like, I don't know who you're hanging out with. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tyler, you done talking? <laughs> Words of the week. Uh, Tyler, you better have a word. If you don't, pull one up now. Go first. I have a word. I got a word. Give right. us a word, yeah. <laughs> so my word of the week is laconic. So Laconic. Please use laconic in a sentence that pertains to cigars. What's the word again? Laconic. L-A-C-O-N-I-C. Laconic? Yes. Laconic. I smoked a um I smoked a cigar that Nick gave me, and now I'm in a laconic state of mind. Uh that's okay. I give you I give you seven out of ten. All right, Nick, you got to use the word now. I smoked a melic and it was colonic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, excellent. Uh, So laconic comes from laconikos, Greek Greek word for Spartan, and refers to how they, they would speak in very few words. So 
Um, when Xerxes, King Xerxes said, uh, come lay down your weapons and I will spare your lives. And the reply from Leonidas was come and take them, essentially. That was a laconic reply. Um, and then there was this other guy who was trying to invade all of Greece. And he says, if I bring my armies up there, I will destroy you all. And they replied back, if. So that's laconic. Oh, oh, oh. All right. Uh, my word is uh, Biffin. Biffin? Yeah. Dude, that's the third time you dropped your cigar. You're straight up Biffin right now. Uh, not even close. Nick? Biffin. Biffin, is it a verb? Now? Um, Etymology? Latin? I don't know. I don't even know what... no Latin? I don't know what verb and noun is. Oh my goodness, uh, go to... Now, a person, place, or... It's a noun. There you go. <laughs> Suck my biffin? <laughs> that works! <laughs> uh, biffin, the small area between your balls and your bum. No! Is Isn't that your... your um... Taint. I thought taint. taint. I never yeah, heard of it. Yeah. Come on, what does it mean? That's what it means. The small area between your balls and your bum. That's so fucked up. Well, hey, here's a second. My, uh, between your... Huh? My bidet has a women's setting, so it would probably reach my biffin. There you go. Um, wait, oh, this is great, guys. Between your balls and your bum, there's a biffin. It's a place where you shouldn't be sniffing. I like it. I wish I had that line. There you go. Edgar Allan Poe. So biffin. Anyways. Awesome. There you go. Biffin. Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. Not as elegant as Dom's iconic. Laconic. 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 Henry Laconic Jr. He's a country singer, right? (laughs) A lovely Henry. <laughs> he knows how to play the uh, clarinet. Does he? Hey, so I got a dip in like five, probably. What the fuck you got going on? My my girlfriend's gonna come over. I have to let her in the gate. That's what your housemate did for it. They're letting people out. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta. I'm gonna dress in all black. I'm gonna run over there. <laughs> They talk about the coronavirus. Yeah, social distancing. Yeah, so I'm, I am uh, sheltered in place until April seventh, I believe, or April tenth. Really? Yep. So you can't go. Uh, we can go out for necessities, so for food, medical, okay. obviously. So you can't be hanging out on the block. Nope, you can't be skateboarding. With the boys. The boys. Okay, so we're at um, 219,000 cases globally. 8,967 mortalities globally. It's very interesting. I hope it's... uh, These drastic measures have to be contained. I mean, because... I mean, it's kind of... 
it's definitely a tragedy, but 8,000, 9,000 deaths globally, 7.2 million people, billion, I'm sorry, is, uh, shouldn't be the zombie apocalypse. I mean, uh, at this point, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not gotta, a, uh, gotta prepare. Stash you your metallics now. Yeah, I mean, it could get really interesting, right? I mean, uh, we're just sitting down here. There's only been one confirmed case here in Nicaragua as of tonight. Um, Honduras has, uh, you know, shut down for a week. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you can, I would potentially <laughs> have a little stock yep. of Foundation cigars. Um Batting on the hatch. And hopefully uh, we can all get through this uh, sooner than later. But I don't know. We have been, like, it's been different down here because people have been reacting like the exact opposite of what's going on kind of uh, throughout the globe. So I did notice when I'm walking through the factory, people start coughing because they think I have it. Because <laughs> I'm a gringo. Yeah, people yeah. around here have been freaking out. Yeah. Yo, seriously, uh, you guys, before you fly back, throw out your pants and your shirts, pack some toilet paper. It's real, man. What do you mean, throw it out? I mean, pack as much TP as you can fit in that luggage. That's a great idea. Because Dom was saying he couldn't find any TP. Oh, I'm going to bring a suitcase full. Do I'm going to bring a duffel. The cops get at customs. Yeah, I wonder if the, they. I wonder if they fuck with me. Just pack it tight, hide in your cavities. Yeah, I wonder if I bring a hole. They can't stop that. They won't stop. Maybe somebody will check it though if I don't have it on me. Like if I check the bag, <laughs> it's just paper. yeah, somebody would totally jack it. What is the world code to? What kind of toilet paper do you use? Dude, I I need that. Uh... Like triple ply, the plush. I don't know if I get like Quilt of Northern or something. You know, Scott, it's interesting about the toilet paper because for the longest time, like I hear the stories about toilet paper here in Nicaragua because in the 80s, there was no toilet paper. Like because of the trade embargoes, because we've been through some serious shit down here. Um, hopefully they're not. You know, I don't know. It'd be interesting. So there's definitely not uh, nearly as much uh, resources and, uh, you know, hospital beds and stuff like that here. So, what are you drinking? Sort of a big stein. Um, just water to the stein. I had some rum earlier. Nick, you should make a, a, a chicken themed cigar. Chicken? Pollo. Chicken. Oh, roasted pollo. Well, Dapper Dapper has that cigar hasn't come out yet with the blue label with a rooster on it. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that's beautiful. I'm yeah, about we saw it. Ian. Yeah, Ian's good shit. Ian's good peoples. Check out Dapper. Ian's fam. California local. La familia. Fresno. Yep. Foundation. Oh. My girlfriend just said that she has a ton of meat and she can bring me some. Oh, that's prime. Bonus. A ton of 
a ton of meat. Like beef jerky? What are we talking about? What kind of meat? I don't know. I only have beef jerky right now because all the shelves are cleared, which is stupid. People are buying all this perishable goods. I mean, power goes out, and what are you going to do? Can't throw a massive barbecue party. Why would the power go out? Oh, my Lord. There's your boy. Don't even. <laughs> That's your boy. Uh, I hope the power doesn't go out. What is the power going to go out? Well, no, I'm just... I, I just like to prepare. So I picked up potatoes. I got rice, dry beans, some cans. Smart. Biffin, don't forget to wash your Biffin. He's a smart man. Got my throwing knives. <laughs> Catch some birds that way. <laughs> I don't know. Nice. All right, Nick, you got anything you want to announce on the podcast? Are you, are you... Yeah, I would like to announce this this summer, fall, we have the anniversary of Wednesday, the five-year anniversary. So I'm working on something really special. Uh, um, this September is our five-year anniversary since I uh, started the company and launched with Wednesday. So um, that's going to be a little treat. That's been, it's only been five years? Man, it seems like ten, man. And I put in, I put in in five years. I think, but uh, uh, common speed would be ten. I've been going, man. I, I've been going nonstop. Been a hundred and ten percent dedicated to uh, you, you guys, the cigar smokers, to put my all into this. So, you're welcome. <laughs> I appreciate the support. You know, it just it wouldn't it wouldn't happen without you know guys like you, Tyler working the stores, and um, you know everybody just kind of spreading the word. And uh, I put all my heart and soul into the product. So to see people respond to them has been uh, it's been overwhelming in many aspects. But uh, yeah, five years is September. Nice. Um, September is turning 32. Do you really? What day? The 29th. Nice. Dang, you're young. He is young. Hey, I'm I tell also... Him. Uh, I, I was trying to mention this earlier. I didn't want to cut anybody off, though. Tyler, this whole time, you have like a notebook where you're taking down all your notes when you're walking around the factories? Yeah. Uh-huh. Man. Dude, that's... If you were my student... I'd give you uh, props for that. You get an extra gold star for that. I'd give I you a pat it. on the head. Slap on the what? What was the word? Biffin. <laughs> I gotta show you this later. Dude, are you drinking out of a stein? Yeah, it's water, but this is my uh, Budweiser stein my dad gave me. I saw That's it in an dope. antique shop for like 60 bucks. That's dope. This dope, fam. Dope fan. All right. Your we girlfriend's here with some. She's heading over right now. She's left. All right. Dom, we appreciate you. Hey, appreciate you. Thanks for being on. Yeah, and, uh, my pleasure. Putting up with Tyler for a week and a half or whatever. He's making you chauffeur him around. I feel bad. I haven't been with him. He, it's been so crazy with uh, all this going on and, uh, I was lost a bunch of time in January because I got a little bit sick. (laughs) No, syphilis. I did not. Sick Uh, in the foot? 
I had an infected toenail. That was bad. Yeah, so, you were you were pretty bad at TPE. I've been playing catch up ever since. Nice. So I get to s- try to slow down. I guess you gotta listen to Gus, man. Gus warned you, and you won't listen to him. No, he saved me. If it wasn't for Gus, I would have had a the infection. Would have went to my freaking dome piece. <laughs> God forbid. Is there really a bug in there? Oh, yeah, there's a bug on the side of my foot. Still? No. I had it ripped, ripped, ripped out. Oh, but he had a weight. I was too I shocked by that. Cut out like an abscess from my earlobe three days ago. There you go. Is, that's why you got quarantined. You got everyone else is teaching. You're like, let's get yeah. this guy with the unidentified fungus off his ear. Yeah. It's All gross. right. Well, uh, awesome. rock and roll. Thanks again, Nick, for being on. Pleasure, guys. Uh, shout, shout out to uh, Nate. Please change your Instagram. It sucks. <laughs> hey, wasn't that cool that promo he did and he got the name wrong on it 10 times? Cigar Boys Noise. Cigar, Cigar noise. Boys noise. Yeah, no, that was there sick. There you go. Hey, that was our that so, was I think our most viewed uh podcast yet, actually. Yeah, with Nate? Yeah. People like Nation. Uh, then me? Yeah. I'm gonna have to have him do my <laughs> intro from <laughs> now on to the <laughs> Sweet. All right, All right Dom. See you later. Rock and roll. Keep it going, Nate. Nate Dog, what up, Nate? Yeah! yeah.